I see. Thank you for joining us again for another edition of Family First Paranormal Radio. Today is a special two-part episode. Part one is the team will be discussing their past investigations of the Harvey House in Barstow, California, and the Granada Theater in Ontario, California. Part two we will post later will be the Olive House in Ontario and the Loch Ness Monster. So, if you want to connect with the team, see show notes, videos, and everything that they're talking about, go to www.familyfirstparanormalradio. Without any further delay, here's Larry, Paula, and Carl. Take it away, guys. Alright, thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of uh, Family First Paranormal, the podcast here, and we just want to thank you for your support, and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about a couple cases that we have, and then go into the Loch Ness Monster. Um, Sitting here with us, uh, like always, is Larry, and uh, if you just want to explain what you do with the team for a little bit. Uh, I work technical support, help set up the cameras, uh, do some of the investigation, make sure that the the tools and everything are in uh, in shape and ready for the investigation. All right, and then we have Paula. And yeah. you want to say what you want to do? Yeah. Well, I'm what I call the spiritual intuitive, and I kind of go in and get feelings and work with the other side, and these guys help back it up at times and verify, confirm for us. <laughs> and my name's Carl, and I kind of find cases and uh, set up equipment, kind of do all the website stuff and graphics. So um, our first topic here today, we're going to talk about the Harvey House in Barstow and a little history on the house. Um, the Harvey House Railroad Department, originally known as Casa de la Deserto, um, cool name, in Barstow, California, built in 1885, and the city of Barstow obtained the uh, station in 1990 and moved several offices into the building. Um, The Barstow area Chamber of Commerce is in there, and it is also um, known as the Railroad Museum and on the east side of the property is the Route 66 Museum. So we went there um, not too long ago, and uh, and Larry, do you want to talk about a little bit about your thoughts on the location? I like the the location. Uh, We kind of went with a, a, a tour group. There was a large group of us. I thought the tour itself was interesting, but really could have been improved upon. I mean, personally, I prefer a tour that kind of gives you a brief history of the building, of the location itself, and then some basic information like on the sightings and, you know, what kind of paranormal activity. Of course. And then maybe what the uh, catalyst is for the activity. Was somebody hurt there? Did something happen? Something like that. Uh, You know, and just kind of identify the hot spots and then let you kind of go out and and do your own thing. Because I think when we broke off from the tours, we, yeah. we really kind of started finding of course, yeah. stuff. I mean, there was the, the girl upstairs that we had, had seen as part of the tour and all of that stuff, but when we broke off into the 
area in the basement, and yeah. we saw that shower of orbs. We uh, standing by the bar. Yeah, you know, we got some pictures. I think they're on the website that were pretty impressive. Uh, I think the overall, uh, like I say, tour and everything was, was good, but I would have liked to have had more time. I think as an individual team to kind of go in there. I'd love the opportunity to go in as an individual team and uh, and do it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of anything else there. Like I say, I think the, the good thing was, you know, the video catches that you yeah. did when you come back and Carl's kind of the primary for reviewing and looking initially and, and pulling the items out of there. I thought he did a really, really good job with uh, you know, like I say, the bar and the pictures and, and some of that stuff. I think that was a lot of compelling uh, information. But that, what did you think, Paula? What did you kind of take away? Well, I pretty much stuck with the tour as you guys <laughs> wandered off because I thought it was a good thing you did that, except the one point. They did open a room that hadn't been opened for quite a while. They got permission to go in there, and that was a really cool room with stuff in there. But overall, I didn't get a lot of things. There was one room we walked into upstairs that felt kind of strange to me, and I knew there was something about death and bodies or something, and we later found out going downstairs directly. Under that is where they used to put the bodies, remember the trains or whatever would come in, and that's where they would store until, because it was cooler down there until they left. So that's all I picked up there. And at one point, there was a female presence that um, the tour guide saw and said, oh, she's down there if you want to go down and get a feel of it. And I think, was I the third or fourth person down the hall? I don't know. I yeah. So as I went down, I could see that she was actually leaving um, because whatever her area down there and what she did was private. You know, it was like, okay, now these people one at a time. It's granted it's doing it one at a time, but it's like, how would you feel? You know, if you're doing something and then here comes a person and another course, person. Yeah. So she left pretty soon after that. And um, But that's pretty much all I was picking up at that time. I do remember getting a little nervous thinking, where are you guys? Because we were going to go a different <laughs> way. But by doing that, you're right. You did, because definitely downstairs, there was a lot of like activity that you could feel a sense right. of something. You just couldn't put your finger on it. And uh, these guys came up with some great stuff by doing that. The one thing I was kind of bummed about was, you know, you go through the tour and you're talking about there's this floating head. Yes. It's, it's, mm -hmm. so you're, you're really excited about that. And then they followed it up with, but we can't look in that section of the building that they right. closed it off for offices or something. Because I would have liked to maybe have seen some of that. Yeah, they said something okay. weird, like some uh, office, like NSA or IRS or something like that set up a couple offices and they closed it for the tour. And, and apparently they still on occasion see it. But they had right. talked about that little girl that you actually got a picture of yeah. up there on the second floor. I thought that mm -hmm. was pretty interesting. So with, with me, um, the next questions here are, you know, explain the, the evidence that was found. And with me, whenever I go on these group tours, I'm always like the last person in line and I'm never in the front of the line because with me I figured okay well I want to take as many pictures as I can here and I think I, coming back there was like 300 and something pictures out between the three of us we have taken um, and we had voice recorders on but the tour guide just kept on talking to everything and everybody else that was there um, was talking and having side conversations and um, you know, nothing found there. 
video cameras, really nothing. But when it came to, you know, four photos that I found, the first one um, is at the front of the building. And if you go on our website, familyfirstparanormal.com, uh, and go to investigations and go to the Barstow House, you can see all these. And the first one is a man, lower half of his body. And it looks like he is walking into the building. Um, kind of looks like he has a suit on. You can see his lower half of his body. Looks like he's taking a step. Um, almost looks like he has a cane and he's walking in. And it's really cool because you can see right through him. And um, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. The second photo is of a man standing in the entrance. So in the tour, we were kind of off to the side and the guy was giving the spill about the building and I just start randomly taking pictures and this one was caught with a Nikon camera and for some reason the tour guide said no flash uh, photography throughout the building uh, he just doesn't like it and if I did have a flash I'm sure it would come up a lot clearer but you can clearly see a guy standing like waiting at the counter to maybe purchase tickets for a train or something and it's just really 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 cool you yeah. check out Carl's artist rendition of the <laughs> outline of the, the thing. That's, a, that's interesting in itself. I always do that if you go through anything. You know, kind of what I see, I just throw it up and you guys can, you know. Make your own call. Yeah. <laughs> they all look similar to Bigfoot. But, uh, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Or, you know, a Simpsons character. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was another photo down actually in the basement. And it is of a guy looking like he used to work there, and you can clearly see everything but his feet. And it looks like he's holding something. He has a backpack. Zooming in closer, it even looks like there's a guy behind him. Maybe they're having a conversation, and he's kind of crouching down, trying to hear what the other guy's having to say. I just think that this is one of the coolest photos that we've actually caught besides Ann Whaley in the Whaley House. I mean, I think this ranks right up there with it. Yeah, I think the uh, the dress, the clothes that they're looking, looks like period mm -hmm. type of thing, like, you know, maybe an Asian real world yes. or something uh -huh. like that. So. Yeah, and we actually, I think in the basement, they said um, during whatever time it was operated, uh, 1885, they, if anybody died there, I think that's where they actually kept them. Am I right with that? I think they the guy said that, yeah. like it was the affirmatory or, or the infirmatory, infirmatory. Yeah, yeah. Free, yeah. so that's interesting and then um, the last one is actually one of the first photos we took uh, and it is on the balcony looking out and there's a lady man ducking trying to get out of the way and basically you can't see the middle part of his body you can see his feet, his arms, and his head, and that's pretty much it. And it's really, really cool. And if you guys want to batter my rendition, artist rendition, you guys can. <laughs> but doesn't, Paul, doesn't it take a lot of energy for an apparition to manifest? Mm -hmm. I mean, when we're seeing parts of them and all of that stuff, it, would that be, do you think, unusual? Or, you know, because I would think for a full apparition that that would really take a lot of energy to be able to... Yeah, it, it definitely does, and that's why people tend to see, like somebody says, floating head, that kind of thing. They tend to see a certain portion that they maybe are presenting first, 
or you're catching somebody as they're kind of leaving too, so you just get bits and pieces. And I think we do have another real good picture on the other investigation we can talk about later that you can almost see somebody starting to materialize, which is a really right. And what face seems to come in first and. Yeah, that's sometimes why you might get a cold spot, something's trying to manifest or something and drawing right. that type of energy, or is it a You know, I'm not exactly sure why the temperature changes, but there are definitely, when you are around something like that, there, it's definitely colder. And you can actually stand in one spot and feel it and step away and not feel it. Like the time I think I told you guys, oh, somebody was here right here, and then you could actually yeah, feel it yourself. Way, you know. And we actually have equipment now yeah. that backs that up for us that shows immediate temperature drop or Because it would be nice maybe one day to, to spend some time trying to figure out what kind of energy that they draw on and see if we could produce that. Because like the one time mm -hmm. I went to Whaley House, it seemed like there was more activity when the tour was going through. Like yeah. maybe they were actually drawing off the energy mm -hmm. of the group or something. Yeah. yeah, that might be a really nice right. tool to think about. I think, you know, also, if you're going through the tour, and with that Whaley House, um, the tour guide, the, the docents or whatever they call themselves, they actually talk about the ghost there, so the tour might actually be scared. And that fear might... might be something that it's wrong. I, I mean, that would be an interesting study, I think, right. maybe spend some time and mm -hmm. investigate into saying, because if you could something or simulate that, then maybe the communication aspect would become a lot... Of course, yeah. And what I find interesting is each one of the cases that we've been on, everything that's kind of shown themselves to us has been in a different form. Whaley House, we found like that smoking like body type thing, and then we saw vague pictures, you know, there. And then here are, you know, the Barstow House, we get different, a whole different type of, you know, apparitions but yet there's still people and they're still shaped like people. It's not like a matrixing of photos or anything. It's well, it, it's weird. The only thing too is I think some tools work sometimes and not others. I mean right. there's kind of, of a deviation of thing. I mean we'd be standing there and you're taking a picture and something's right there and not have the meter bump at all. You right. Know, talking about of the K2s or something. So it's hard sometimes I think to well, I think it's just as individualized as we are now. Like you look around and everybody looks different. Everybody's doing something different. We all operate on different vibrations and different levels. And so I think it depends on the person coming through. In other words, do they want to be known? Do they want to be aware? Maybe right. they're shy and they just want to observe type of thing? Or? Right. And it can be people that are trying just like we all when we're learning something new or trying to do something different. It just comes across differently. But as far as the spirit and the essence, it's all the same. It's just that each individual in presenting themselves maybe have a different way of trying to do it. But you're right. Some type of thing to help with energy probably would work really well. Yeah. So what was your guys' final thoughts on, like, the Harvey house? Do you guys want to go back? And I'd like to, and it's nothing against the tour thing, right. but it's what I'd like to do is be able to say, have more freedom to go out there and really say, let's set up, let's get some video cameras. So, I mean, I think the location, the house itself, I'd love to go back. I don't know, you know, as, as part of the, the tour right. thing that was going on, that that would be uh, Well, they offered some better. overnight thing with a smaller group. I would love group, Something like that would be good yeah. because we even, I mean, it was big, and there was lots of different things there. But well, it's like two museums, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's not right. they've got the, like, Route 66. And, and we didn't even uh, see any of those museums, because that wasn't even open to us. And, yeah. Because I could spend, I think, 
almost with our full full array of tools just in the basement. I'd yes. like to do one overnight. I mean, you can almost spend several right. nights trying to investigate. I was nervous down there. <laughs> I usually don't get nervous, so I'm glad you two were the brave ones at that point. I'm usually not well, that way. Well, but all those when we were looking at all those orbs and everything, if you went to the southeast corner, I mean, it was almost like a well or a tunnel right. where they were coming up to fill up the whole room. I would have loved to known what was that, but we took right. around, there was no electrical, there was nothing like that, but I mean, well, it was crazy. It was like a hydrant or something. Right, and if you notice, um, going through the wall, like, if I would shine, like, my IR light against the walls, they had different things that were, like, in fluorescent spray paint around there with yeah. arrows, and I just wonder if it literally, back in the day, you know, they placed bodies there, and those people didn't didn't leave. That's just, hey, this is what I did. <laughs> it would be nice to be able to, you know, historically maybe investigate the property, even prior yeah. to the building or mm -hmm. something of, of what was on there, but there's definitely, you know, activity that would be worthy, I think, of the investigation of spending the time. I just, I, I, would, I like it a little less structured, personally, where yeah. you have a little freedom to get around. All right, so let's uh, go hundreds of miles away to the Granada Theater in Ontario, California. Uh, we actually got, well, I contacted the lady there, and she told me about some things that were there that we'll get into in a couple minutes. And um, she thought it was really cool for us to come in and do an investigation there. Uh, we were the first team in, I think, a year and a half to actually step foot in there. So that was really cool for us. Um, I'll give you some history. The Ontario uh, Theater was uh, built in 1913, and it still stands today on Euclid Avenue. Um, it seats over 500 people. Uh, the theater was not used for a long, long time, and um, they just recently started remodeling and like I said we were the first people to investigate in over a year and um, that's really due to some claims and rumors that were false in that place. Um, Paula, what was your your thoughts of that location and um, really did you see any anything odd or weird or anything that we can disprove from other teams that went in there? <laughs> well, I guess that's a ma matter of people's perceptions as well. But I personally, I loved this theater. When you were in the theater itself, it was a really good feeling. I mean, because it brought joy. I think there was lots of activities through the years there. Um, but in that, on stage itself, when we sat on stage, it was just a really good feeling in there. And um, there were different presents there. The feeling I got, because it was said something about a possible abortion clinic, well, right away, <laughs> I had somebody come in contact with me, wanted to clarify that fast and clear. I believe it was the worker care, like a caretaker or something. He's on the other side, but it was that, no, 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 nothing like that had ever happened. I mean, there was some type of an accident, I believe, of a balcony and somebody falling, but... Um, this particular person was a very interesting character because he feels very responsible for the place and he wants to keep it up, but he's, he's a really good person that loves the theater and wants to basically take care of it still. So those kind of things thrown out there 
wasn't pleasing to a couple of um, experiences we had in there. Overall, I feel it's a really good place. Now, there was something upstairs in the projector room that seemed very um, creepy feeling, the kind of thing you get where the hair's on the back of your neck stand up, and it was something up in there that um, I did try to communicate a little bit with, but it was gone, and I think it kind of has a spot up there to itself. I don't think it's harmful to anybody. It just you come across it might be feeling creepy, a little creepy is all, but it's not. Is that the old thing. camera room that you're talking about? Where yeah, upstairs. The, the projector room. Yeah, upstairs in the projector room in the back side room. And, um, they, but this, the caretaker involved, there's things going on there that he wanted me to be aware of that need to be worked on, which I will discuss with the person that works there. We can talk about some of that. But um, overall, I think we had a good experience. We did have help a little girl cross over. She was there with her dad. I think we, we, yeah, we was an actor, and he, it was a very good time in his life, so he wanted to stay put. So we had a real good experience with her and crossing her and her dad letting her go, but he did not want to go. So. Yeah, we actually caught an EVP of the little girl, too, when we were talking, which was really cool. And um, as soon as we, you know, talk to the lady and give our thoughts on the theater, we are going to have all this up online, and I'm sorry it's taken so long. It's just, you know, things are what they are, and unless we talk to people and get their consent, you guys don't see it, and I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and it's, it's very tedious and detailed. You do a lot of work there, and that's something else I'd like them to understand, too. We are getting by word of mouth, by the website, whatever, yeah. quite busy. And it's not that we're ignoring anybody. We're just trying to set everything up, and, and, and we will get to you. If you're writing us or you need help, we will contact you. It just is taking us a little more time, so um, please be patient with that as well. Because these two guys work full time on top of all of <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, I think we've been quite busy, and mm -hmm. um, with this Granada Theater, uh, Larry, let's talk about camera um, placement. And this place seats 500 people. It has a huge bottom section with stage, and then you walk up two huge flights of stairs, and then you get to like a second balcony level <laughs> and it has a whole bunch of more seats and it was just the biggest place we've actually ever investigated. So how did you go about... Well, we should just <laughs> let me give like a one minute yeah. soapbox real quick. <laughs> on, the, on the paranormal team, when we were talking about some of that where, you know, people will make statements and stuff right. like that, it's already hard enough, I think, as most of you guys know, is to get validity with a paranormal team. Yeah. So I think, you know, that we need to be responsible and be very careful about what we're saying and, and the things that are going out there. Because, like, say, like, Paul, there, there's, there's somebody in the spirit world that is aware that somehow this bad rap and the, this, this stuff is going on. So, you know, like I say, it, it's hard enough to, to, to build a reputation and, and to validate a lot of the paranormal stuff that's going on. So as teams, I just, there's my 30-second dissertation is, you know, let's be careful before we're stating things as facts. Of course. Without really having some valid support. Right, and and I feel like a lot of people out there, if a paranormal team doesn't have a TV show, or if they're not on a TV show, then they're just some kooks that like to go ghost hunting. 
<laughs> yeah, let's not help them validate this. That's all right. I'm saying. Is, yeah, it, it might be a housing, but let's take it serious and, and not take away from the field. Of course. So, anyhow, as far as the, the camera setup, Carl's right, the Granado was a huge, uh, a huge building to set up on. Uh, yeah. We used seven cameras on the very top balcony. Uh, we had two cameras and they were facing towards the stage on the uh, basically the second or the lower balcony. We set up another three cameras and then on the stage we had a camera focused back on the audience and then we had another camera that was actually in the hallways where they, you know, where you would, the actors would go to change clothes or to do the quick yeah. change type of thing. And one of the reasons I like to set up cameras with an overlapping view, and I think that you'll be able to see this on the website when, when Carl posts it, yeah. is a lot of times one camera will say, oh, well, it's a reflection or something like that. But when you get the same, you know, visual apparition and it's in two different cameras, it's hard to start saying, well, that's a reflection or that's a... So I think it adds, you know, power or validity yeah. to what we're trying to say. And, and a place that big, like I say, the cameras are... are, are uh, you know, pretty good resolution that stuff, so you can kind of drill in. But we wanted to kind of take the entire thing over there, and the, you know, the, I think because of that, the things that we were seeing right by stage and all of yeah. that stuff, I think this helped really validate that that was truly what was being seen. Uh, and, and I mean, at that point, you know, some Carl, you might want to talk about. I don't think this information has been posted yet, but you're probably the uh, <laughs> the expert on telling, you know, kind of what you caught or what what was seen in the okay. So reveal we, I mean, I I don't even remember. We were it's it was our longest investigation. How long were we even there? Till two in the morning, I think. One yeah, two. When yeah did, well, I think that's when we started our last podcast. Right, and it was like two in the morning. When, uh, when did we start? Because seriously, like nine nine thirty. Yeah, so take you know from nine to like two in the morning with all these cameras. And not only these seven cameras have all those hours on it, we had handheld cameras, we had um, cameras that we set down. Recorders. Yeah, recorders, recorders. audio stuff. Um, we had numerous digital cameras that we did video and photos with. So you're talking about like a whole week worth of just footage for me to go through and dissect. And yeah, it just... Well, it's not even like going through it once, right? I mean, because one camera, you've got seven of yes. them. And so you try to look at, you know, basically from, you know, nine to two is what, five or six hours yes. of video. So that's five or six hours per camera right. and per audio. And you have to kind of go back and look, did I miss something? Because some yes. of them is real subtle. So, I mean, you definitely got, in fact, you had your eyes checked today, right? <laughs> yes, I did. All <laughs> all well, and if you, you know, catch something, you can sit rewinding and fast forwarding for however long you need until you know my mind goes okay can i debunk this or is it something that i need to bring to the team's attention so it just it it takes a long time and i'm sure all those tv shows that you guys see where they just the next day they sit and you only see 5 seconds of them going through it literally they took probably from 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> until that whole day just going through it. Um, but we caught uh, one of the most amazing things that I've seen. Um, 
we went to the projector room, which was upstairs, and I took a group of photos looking into the theater, and we caught movement. It's funny that none of the other cameras, this is why we like to set up multiple cameras, none of the cameras focused on stage even caught it. And I can, when I post, you'll see video of the flashes coming from up there and nothing walking, nothing. So what this thing looked like, it looked like a big guy hunched over, literally just walking in in two photos, which aren't in concession. I took one, it's in it. I moved to another hole up there. I take another one, it's not in it. I moved back to the other one, it's in it. And then right behind it, I took another photo, it's not in it. So <laughs> it's actually almost like it was moving, right? Because right. It's at one location, then it's in a different location, but yeah. it's the same. But yeah, you get a torso just walking, um, and it it just it's weird. One and of the plus things. the window you're going through, the projector self, itself, doesn't have a screen, doesn't have a window, there's right. nothing in between. It I'm glad screen. you mentioned that, yeah. Because no so you know there's no reflection. Yeah, because I pretty much held the camera out of the window taking it. And um, let's see, the other things that we saw, we saw a bunch of orbs. Larry actually had something like an orb fly out of him, and it, it would have been cool if you can actually fill orbs because I think it would have scared the crap out of them. <laughs> and then um, the I think the weirdest thing for us, and again, I felt nothing in there, like nothing harmful. Um, everything was peaceful. The only thing when we were doing setup is on we had all the cameras done and we were about ready to start the podcast I leave one camera on focus at the stage and you hear kind of a weird EVP I could, can't really make it out but you guys will definitely be able to hear it and then the loudest slam that I think I've ever heard it sounded like a cement dump truck backing <laughs> into a wall or something. I mean, it was like, yeah. Because there were a lot huge. of sets and walls behind the stage, so it actually sounded like somebody just pushed one completely over. Yeah, it, just it was. echoed through the whole theater, startling all of us, and we went back there, and nothing had been moved, but it was yeah. definitely and an I ran into the alley real quick, right. right down the alley to see, you know, maybe they were picking yeah. up their, right. their dumpsters or something and dumping trash. Nothing. Yeah. At all. I mean, that's literally, with the camera, it peaked out the audio on it. Like, it... <laughs> right after the EVP yell. I mean, you can hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's somebody saying something, and then that boom. Yeah. But it was right. like... And still, even with that, we didn't feel anything harmful or anything yeah, like no, that. I mean, it wasn't like I a... I think <laughs> the main thing is, I think the little caregiver in there pretty much sometimes will try to communicate with somebody to get a point across of something and it's not doing it in a harmful way but people that aren't used to it it can be a little nerve-wracking but yeah because we went through Paula and I we went downstairs underneath the theater and we slammed every single door mm -hmm. <laughs> to recreate we like to try to debunk ourselves you know nothing nothing came close to that it, it, it was loud it I mean yeah I, there's <laughs> the bottom line is we still don't know what it was, but it was profound. <laughs> yeah. But you guys will hear it. Um, let's see. It final final thoughts on the theater. Um, what about the you know fake evidence that other people, other teams have went in there and 
um, I don't know. Uh, it just, it's really, so, sorry for me to be in a low point, but it, it just kind of, it bums me out when other people have to fake things or say or things. Or it just makes a bad name for everybody when they do it. So. Well, the only thing is, like I say, is I, you know, maybe in our mind, but that, that's why we do what we do. It's, it's, you know, Paula will have a sense of something. Right. But that doesn't mean that we shut down everything else and stop thinking because she sensed something. Right. I'm not saying that the person couldn't have walked through and maybe, you know, maybe sensed somebody that was passing through that had that. Yeah. But that's not really what we want to do is what we're trying to do is validate, take some technology and say, okay, you're seeing these things, you know, how, how does this look? How do we, right. you know, leverage that? And I think that helps kind of validate what we're saying. You know, obviously we've proved a lot of things, so yes. you start to build up more of a confidence of what you're saying, but I still don't think that we just check well, our mean, analytical mind at the door. <laughs> right. Well, and also, you had like that chair, they said that moved across yes. the stage when the person was there with them while they filmed and she was around, so she knew darn well that had changed after they left. So that's the kind of stuff that isn't helpful to this line of work. Yeah. They changed it to make it look like it was moving across or something. The stage when well, she happened to witness that or somebody that she knew, whatever, witnessed the whole thing and it changed up by the time they put it online. That's why we're very careful when we get permission and they view everything before we do it so that we're a good percentage of what we find, we debunk, and you guys will never see. Yeah, right here yeah, we really don't, you know, go to the point right. of saying, oh well, you know, this is this, but this was really this cause. I mean, we try to show you the things that, right. well, you know, these are things that we can't really debunk, and mm -hmm. we try right. to get input a lot from a lot of you guys to say, hey, you know, this is what we think it is. I mean, yeah, that one thing with the uh, the camera lens and all of that stuff. That, and I guess we'll probably talk about that a little further yeah, down the road, but. I mean, we, we listen to what you guys have to say and then try to apply it and see if it right. fits. Right. I mean, that, that's why, you know, the Facebook account has so many friends and the Twitter account has so many friends, and if you click on them, they're in other paranormal teams and stuff. When I post this stuff to the select people that we trust, it's like, hey, what's your thoughts on this? You guys have been doing it, and then we collectively say, well, you know, that makes sense. You know that makes sense. Let's let's post it and let's post your findings. That's why we have a members-only area that you can sign up for and view everything. And no, we, <laughs> we really appreciate the insight because we do get a lot of a lot of good feedback. Yeah, of course. Um, would you guys like to investigate that theater again? I would like to. Yeah. No, I thought it was good, and I actually thought uh, our interface person there was very helpful. Oh yeah, know, she was delightful. Know, we appreciated her. She gave us a little bit of insight and uh, mm -hmm. and, and stuff. And I, like I say, it's always nice when there's somebody there that's really of helpful course. about yeah. getting around. So yeah, I think I would definitely like to do that. Mm -hmm. and maybe uh, <coughs> see if we can find out that uh, noise again or experience something like that and do a little maybe a little better setup on the cameras and the technology. Yeah, yeah, maybe um, some different angles, some different. Spots in there. Something in the alley. I think I'd like to put something out there. Yeah, too, something yeah. seems to have happened. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's where they used to leave a lot of right. them from the theater. Mm -hmm. I have the impression that you know that, that they kind of left out to that alley area to the back mm -hmm. was the parking lot as well. Yeah, and I almost think if we set home base up in the balcony area, we can actually stream in wires into the projective the projector room. Yes, and then maybe cool. even going out to the up top, 
Yeah. We can set a camera. No, I think that's the beauty of doing something the second time because when you do it the second time, you look at it and you find out, you know, <clears throat> you're doing your best guess on that first investigation, yes. but you really refine it when you're looking at the second one saying, you know, this is really a, a better area. So I think it's always, you know, better to, to try to investigate a place two or three times. Of course. Well, that wraps up part one of this special two-part episode. Be on the lookout for part two where the team discuss the Olive House in Ontario, California and that Loch Ness Monster. So, the music for today's show is brought to you by White Collar Sideshow. Song title, This Is A Kill. And if you want to find them and buy yourself a bit of swag, you can do so at www.whitecollarsideshow.com Remember, find us on iTunes, give us a good review. That would be awesome. Just search Family First Paranormal. And if you want to connect with us, or you live in Southern California and would like us to come out and investigate, please go to www.familyfirstparanormal.com and let us know. Thank you very much. And keep it paranormal.